The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed by us are ours and do not reflect those of our employers, co-workers, family, or friends. While we have conversations about various topics, any mentions of drugs, sex, religion, politics, and the like that offends anyone should be considered satire and for entertainment purposes only. And yes, we can get a little toxic. So if you're easily triggered, have unresolved trauma, can't take a joke, or don't enjoy adult conversations, you've been warned. Listener discretion is advised. We hope you enjoy the show. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like it's been a while since I've heard that disclaimer. It is right? so great to hear it again. What up, SM? What up? <laughs> what up? So, as always, I love the disclaimer. You know, we ha- got to keep it real. So, just know we're keeping it 100 on the show, keeping it buck. If it's not the place for you. And if you feel some type of way about the disclaimer, you know, sorry, fire. <laughs> you know what I'm but, <laughs> it's a lot of content on YouTube and in the world out there, y'all. You don't have to live like this. <laughs> okay. But let's just do a quick reminder because last, you know, we don't we don't really do a good job of doing that like, follow, subscribe. Really and don't. so let's make sure we hit that like, follow, subscribe, all that share, all that good stuff. Um, especially as we're starting our whoop, 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 whoop. What's we calling this this season? The his and hers edition of the B. LC pod. I mean, listen, so much has happened, right? So, of course, we had the BLC pod. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the year, season one was amazing. Shout out to everybody that supported season one of the BLC pod. I mean, we was doing some really amazing things. So I was really excited about that. You know what I'm saying? But then we had the holidays. So before we even get into the his and hers, like we had Christmas, we had New Year's, you know what I'm saying? So how was your holidays? Kwanzaa, like, you skipped Kwanzaa. You know, I understand folks I think, think it's a, a lot of people holiday, <laughs> but you know, that's some, <laughs> I'm just saying there's some folks who don't celebrate Christmas. They may celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Now I'm not sure if they're following the BLC pod, but you know, let's shout all the holidays. I think there's like 16 different holidays during that time. The only one I was happy about was New Year's. So um, I won't say it. I won't say it that way. We'll just say (laughs) that um, it was a great break for me. And to be honest, I actually took a break from my nine to five as well. And so I had a lot of time to like kind of reset, reprocess and prioritize um, as we go into 2024, because we already know 2023, there's a lot of stuff in 2023 that I did not have on my bingo card. And I'm hoping not to have those things on my bingo card for 2024. But I want to do my part and prioritize what I can have on my bingo card. You know what I'm saying? How was your holiday? That's a fact. Now, listen, I mean, the holidays, you know, it was really chill for the most part. Didn't do much. Um, I typically don't do the New Year's Eve thing, at least, or the New Year's resolution thing until like later in the year. Right. And we'll talk about that, I guess, in a second. But, you know, just trying to really think about 2023 and how I dealt with things and people and uh, just trying to be better. So I was actually working on that towards the end of the year. Um, But now we're here, man, full 2024. So I guess my first question to you, do you do the whole New Year's resolution thing or no? 
So I normally don't, but okay, so last year I did and this year I did. So last year I did it because, let me be honest, last year was my year of petty and um, and basically anybody can get it. It was just that type of party for me because there's a lot of stuff going on in 2023 and I recognized that I need to start prioritizing myself. And so this year... 2024, since I did 2023, and I had some li- um, life lessons, a little of them were, some of them was a little hard, but regardless, um, I take those lessons. And for this year, 2024 is the year of letting go and starting anew. So the first thing I did was get new glasses because. <laughs> so you let go of your old glasses and you got you some new glasses and that's so how have... you're really coming into 2024. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so I can have some new perspective, you know? So, mm-hmm. and then just oh, letting go. Oh, I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> but also just letting go things that don't necessarily serve me and learning how to let go in general. It turns out that in my year of petty, a lot of things that I was holding on to was not actually good for me. And so just letting people, relationships, places, time, and so forth, just let it go and accepting what I can and cannot do as it pertains to those relationships. So this year, theme of letting go. You know, it's funny, you say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because even before we actually talked, right, we both probably arrived at the same conclusion. Like for me, I think you better let it go. I think for me, I'm trying to be more like unapologetically honest. Not that I was dishonest. I think sometimes you really have to examine why we don't communicate certain things to like our loved ones, our friends, or mm-hmm. we don't want to hurt people's feelings. You know what I mean? We want to preserve relationships, but sometimes you have to do what you have to do to preserve your mental health. You know what I'm saying? Your your peace, your state of mind, your well-being. One of the key phrases for me in 2024, but even before, right, was ROI. What's the return on my investment, whether it's time or energy or emotion, right? Like, I just think, you know, we're the stewards of ourselves and we have to be accountable. So we can get mad at other people and say, oh, this person wasted my time. But no, you allow that person to waste your time. You have to be accountable because you were not able to discern whether that person was a good investment or not, right? So really just looking inward and then also reexamining relationships. I think a lot of times especially family, right? Because we're all blood, right? And there's an obligation for us to show up a certain type of way. But I mean, if people aren't showing up in your life the way that you feel like that they need to, or if you have your own boundaries, you know, it's okay for you to love them from afar, right? You don't have to make that type of investment uh, in terms of time and sometimes money and stuff like that. So, and it's also funny too, because uh, I heard a song from Fabulous. Fabulous came out with a song on his Friday releases called Selfish. And it's really about... I guess kind of looking inward in term in, in terms of like we look at selfish as being a bad word, but I think self-centered, for example, would be a version of that. That's a bad word. But I think being selfish is just really putting self first or at least being mindful of your needs and, and who you are and so on and so forth. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to be selfish. You just being selfish all the time or being selfish to the extreme, I think, where it's problematic. So those are the things I was kind of was already working on going into the new year. But of course, the pod, what we got going on, the amazing things that we got planned for the people, you know what I'm saying? So super excited about that, man, for uh, for the new year, for sure. Oh, and I will say this one last thing. I love this time of year because even though I don't celebrate New Year's, I love how people are enthused and are engaged or excited about all the changes in the, in the growth, right? Even though a majority of them are going to fall off by January, but the simple fact that the excitement, the collective excitement about what the optimism about what the new year brings, I do like that, even though for me, my official new year's probably won't start until February. But y'all go ahead and have at it though. 
<laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, in the past, the calendar was 13 months. And so technically, starting your New Year's resolution in February kind of aligns with that 13-month calendar. So I knew something was right about that. And did you know, though, the other thing we, um, we were talking about was uh, the fact that we're still kind of in, in the winter, right? So a lot of mm-hmm. us are still kind of in hibernation mode a little bit, right? When you think about the season. So, you know, we're resting up in the winter, we cuddling, you know, we boot up. Spring comes, the weather gets a little bit better, right? The 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 new spring and the 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 trees are growing, and then summer we out we outside. You know what I'm saying? So I just kind of feel like we're being set up to fail with this whole January first thing, especially when it's like dead in the middle of winter, in the middle of winter when people are just trying to chill for a little bit. You know what I mean? A little longer. So. Fully understand. So got it. No New Year's resolution until February for you this year. Or a slow slow build up. It's a slow build. It's a slow build before and then it's like, woo, we take off. Yes. yes. (laughs) That's what it is. But you know what's crazy? Mm. Um, Oh, wait, before I before I ask this question, before before Uh I make the statement, you know, um, it's just interesting because I think we should let the folks know kind of like why we decided to do the his and her. What do you think? Yes. Yes and yes, the his and hers edition of the pod. So, you know, last year, you know, we had a chance last season to look at our episodes and we were, you know, we covered mostly pop culture stuff. So we talked a little bit about relationships, obviously was big, but just general conversations about the culture. So I think for us, it was like, okay, you know, with this season, we want to really kind of focus on relationships, right? And I think having a male and a female perspective in that conversation, especially ones that aren't all the way toxic, right? So maybe I have a little bit of toxicity within me. Just a little bit. Um, but just a little bit, right? But I think both of us are relationship-oriented people, right? We want to mm-hmm. promote marriage as much as we can. And I thought, you know, what better way to kick off the new year than get right to it as it relates to really talking about relationships. And with me and you, you know, we've been together rocking out on Clubhouse, starting rooms. And so we go way back, right? And, and the pillar of what we were doing started off with us. Right. Um, Black women need love too. shout out to all our clubhouse peoples out there. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, make marriage great again. Your stage was one of the first stages that I would come to regularly and contribute. Right. So me and you have always kind of built um, this kind of core relationship and uh, respect, mutual admiration for each other. So it's like, hey, man, new year. You know what I'm saying? And obviously different folks, different strokes for different folks. So that's kind of how we arrived here at His and Hers. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to kind of take the conversations that's happening in the public space, whether it's celebrity based or pop culture, and really get into it as far as relationships and, and maybe a little bit more. So what are your thoughts on that? So I'm actually really excited about the his and her because for the most part, you summed it up. And I think we can really go back to that foundation of what we really want to do, what we really want to achieve, which is, come on, let's add some reason into this sea of toxicity uh, when we talk about the relationships between black men and black women. And uh, because this gender divide, this gender war is getting a little bit ridiculous at this point. And so since social media seems to have such a huge play and... um in our relationships and actually changing fundamentally. There was a study that showed that social media is actually changing fundamentally the way we think. And so then I want to be a part and being a part of this with you. I think it makes sense, you know, because ultimately what we want to do is build the black family. Ultimately, we want to build black economics by building the black family, by building the black community. And so while we may have some toxicity, because I I won't lie, I could be a little toxic. Last year, like I said, I was in my year of petty. I'm trying to come out the year of petty. (laughs) (laughs) And so I may have some flashback moments where I kind of slide back into that. Um, But for the most part, 
I think this be a great opportunity to just actually provide that his and her perspective that's not all the way to the left and not all the way to the right so that we can have some moderation in this sea of turmoil between our relationships. So yeah, I'm bad. happy. You know, so I'm happy about it. I'm glad this did. We were rocking back in the clubhouse days. And I also want to give shout out to all the clubhouse peeps who kind of followed the pod too, right? So that's exciting. And um, hopefully we'll see some things this season with the his and her edition. You already know. So before we get to the motivation or the conversation, right? Got Michelle Obama for the, I mean, what better way to start off the season with a little Michelle Obama wisdom? Okay, so we're going to get into that. But before we do that, please don't forget to like subscribe and follow all right you already know we'll be right back on the other side we found that there are people who they were built for the climb like we were and some weren't and one of the toughest things is to find out that a dear friend wasn't ready for the climb in order to keep pressing forward sometimes you gotta leave them there because you can't carry people when you're trying to get to the top it slows you down but there's survivor's remorse they've reached a point where they've left people they love behind mm. and they struggle to figure out how to maintain those connections and it becomes hard and it's draining. If you want to make it, you've got to make some hard choices or you will not make the climb yourself. And then everybody loses. Mm. We've been fortunate enough that we've had so many people who were ready for the climb, but for the people who couldn't, we had to leave them behind. Once we made it to the top, if we could reach back and pull some others up, we definitely did. It is one of the greatest challenges when you are pursuing a life that is drastic drastically different from the one that you've come from. All right. So that was beautiful. She talked about letting go. I think our whole theme is kind of the letting go. And so, you know, who let go a lot recently mm. and, um, <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm sure we all know who this is. That would be Cat Williams. He recently conducted a or participated in an interview on Club Shay Shay. Now, I watch Club Shay Shay a little bit sometimes, and but apparently the Cat Williams interview broke the internet. I mean, it. he let go everything and everyone could get it. I was like, shots right here, here, there. And as somebody who normally won't watch a pod, I'll be honest, I'm going to go more than two hours watching a pod or listening to a pod. This was uh, almost three hours and it was just so entertaining. And so it was like, it felt like a little truth sprinkled in. I mean, little I would say exaggeration sprinkling it with some truth but ultimately Cat Williams he's like he's letting go everybody can get it this year and not only that he's like he's speaking truth so what are your thoughts on Cat <laughs> Williams just letting everything go um you know I mean it was funny because when I first saw the interview well first of all listen you know by the if you're under a rock I mean, I don't know what to tell you, right? So, yes, like SNM said, he did break the internet. I think his video might be up to like 50 million views by now, whatever, right? So, it was ironic to me because he, he kind of gave life to the mood I was already in coming into 2024, right? Like, so what exactly did he do? He spoke his unapologetic truth, right? Now, whether or not he was lying about certain people, I think when it came to certain individuals, 
I don't think he was lying. I think he genuinely felt the way that he felt or he felt like that was the truth of what happened, like the stuff with Steve and Bernie and stuff like that. And then you heard more people coming out and saying that, nah, there was some truth to that, right? So there's a lot of truth in what he said, but I think for him, it was just about getting the shit off of his chest, right? Because he saw a lot of people coming on Club Shay Shay, having their opinion, maybe saw them on other platforms, but decided to come in, right? And just let, just air it all out. I remember the analogy that I had was, I don't know if you've seen The Matrix where, they were on the roof and the and the helicopter were just shooting bullets. It was like, bloop, 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 bloop. but it was in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. These were like mm-hmm. big, huge bullets that was just trickling onto the ground. You would see them slow-mo, you know, fall in slow-mo with the little sounds of pling, 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 pling. And it was just all these bullets. That's what Cat Williams <laughs> did. And I absolutely loved it like I loved that scene in The Matrix because I think sometimes people will play with you. Right. And think that because maybe you want to be the bigger person or whatever. But nah, Kat was like, doo, 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 mm-hmm. doo, and I loved every bit of it. So I really just kind of felt like his, the spirit of his conversation was, was me going into 2024. So I think he set it off. And, um, you know, if, and another thing I would say too, real quickly is that the year of truth. Right. I think that was kind of like what shall be done in the dark will come into the light, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. And we already kind of had some of that last year, right, with everything that was happening in New York, the Diddy case and all these different people coming, you know, out saying that these people did certain things to them. So will 2024 be a continuation of the, 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 what's done in the dark? coming to the light, right? And if he and if Cat we have any indication of that, we better buckle the fuck up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And not just from him, okay? Because you might get a version of Cat from me too. Okay. Watch yourself. Shake it fast. Show them what you're working with. But what uh, are your thoughts? Let me get my popcorn ready, basically, is what you're telling me. Get my yeah. popcorn ready. And yeah. so I can... Aged cheddar. Get the aged <laughs> cheddar, okay? Um, I'm rocking with the kettle corn because I have a sugar addiction. So I'm going to need a little sweet and salty. And so <laughs> I'm just excited. As a matter of fact, I heard he's going on tour. and His wife is going with, or his ex-wife is going with him. You mean, and... you mean Kevin Hart's ex-wife is going on tour with <laughs> Cat Williams. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, snap. I messed that up completely. It's what? okay. I'm here for you. What a Are great way to start serious? the year. Are you serious? It is. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So, so obviously, Cat Williams went at a bunch of different comedians, but he certainly went at Kevin Hart. And him and Kevin Hart has had a long uh, running back and forth, right? I think he had said something about Tiffany Haddish the last time they had their little public brouhaha. Uh, Ke- uh, Kevin Hart went on the Breakfast Club with Tiffany. He shot back, and it looks like you know Cat had this tucked in the chamber for quite some time because when he came out, he unloaded. And then recently, uh, Kevin Hart's ex-wife Tori Hart announced that she'll be going on tour with Cat Williams. Some people are saying that's messy. It mm. is messy. Some people are well. I mean, it's opportunistic, but I mean, is it really messy? I though? support it, though. Okay, come on. I support it. It's a little messy. It's a little messy. But at the same time, let's go ahead and capitalize on what Kat said. And more importantly, you know, one of the things that struck me with that interview was he talked about how um, <laughs> I shouldn't even say this because this is going to start the year off wrong. I feel like it's about to start off, but I'm going to say it anyways. Say it um, anyway. <laughs> so he talked about how these folks end up replacing um, their either their former wives or got new wives with the what he called ugly <laughs> standard <laughs> issue. Red bones with the ugly faces. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, so that was completely unexpected, right? 
And then so, um, but also some of Kevin Hart comedy kind of is colorist, right? And so they pulled out all the receipts where he were talking about dark-skinned women. And and I don't know, it was just weird. So I support her going on this tour. I think this is a great opportunity for her. My fault <laughs> for forgetting which comedian she was married to. My fault. <laughs> Please forgive me. Yeah, I don't me. think Kat was ever married. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> so my fault. <laughs> but um, it's still exciting, you know. Hey. Do what you do, and I'm here for it. Like I said, I'm getting my popcorn, kettle corn already, and so if you see me, like, that's why. Yeah, man, because honestly, people will spend money they don't need to be spending to be polite. You know what I'm saying? Like, people will do stuff. Like, we're so conflict-averting, except for when we're on the internet, because apparently everybody got Twitter fingers on the internet. Keyboard gangsters. But, like, huh? Oh, keyboard gangsters. Yeah, but like in real life, you know, you'll go to a restaurant with somebody whose food order is not right and they don't want to say anything because they don't want to cause any problems or be seen as problematic. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say like be apologetically honest because how can somebody, you know, correct their behavior if you don't tell them their behavior they need to correct, right? We're going to be polite and not say certain things to people. It's a tough thing. I'm not saying it's an easy thing. Um, clearly people love it because we love that Cat Williams did it. And I think a lot of more of us can have a little bit more Cat Williams in us pause in terms of how we deal with conflict <laughs> i thought i was retiring that fact that first well, i don't know about pause. y'all but I'm, I'm not retiring shit i enjoy it you know what i'm saying you know i don't i you can kind of flip it too you don't even have to be on that shit it could be like if i said something to you i'm like oh pause like i mean i don't understand what the problem is <laughs> <laughs> so I don't pause. understand what the problem is. Pause, okay? It's just one word. It's like, can we have some childish fun? I mean, everything got to be adult. You know what I'm saying? Damn all that. But uh, speaking of damning all that, uh, unfortunately, man, you know, you know what I hate about being off? Like all of the hot stories, all of like the shit that we would have probably loved to have talked about happened. And then now we're coming in on the ass end of it. Like with this whole Jonathan Majors thing, right? So mm-hmm. as you may or may not know, he was convicted, I think, on two of the four charges. I think all of them were relatively misdemeanors for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. But he went in there thinking that he wanted to clear his name and be exonerated fully, right? So not only did he go in there every day for this trial, but he was also accompanied by the lovely Megan Good. And you know who had something to say about it? You guessed it, Cat Williams. Let's hear real quick what Cat Williams had to say, and then we'll come back on the other side. I didn't want to... Get with a white woman because I was scared. She might have me running down the street like Jonathan Majors. Then you go think I'm old, Not because I didn't like white women. I think white women are as great as any other women. But I'm not going to act like I'm not scared of them. I have a reason to be scared. You could be Kang the Conqueror and they could take your rabbit ass down in two weekends. And that's the truth of the matter. So I stayed away from that. You see Jonathan Majors, what he went through, Marvel dropped him as soon as the guilty, uh, uh, the conviction came out. And you were telling the Hey, you saw that black woman come get his charge cut in half? Thank you, Megan Good. God bless you coming to save that slave. (laughs) If he had to be there by himself, he was getting awful. Guilty, 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 guilty. She came in there was just so beautiful. They had to knock half of it off. Bless his heart. What do you think about this cancel culture? You see the situation with Jonathan Major. I mean, for all sense and purposes, I, I don't know. Maybe he can bounce back in, in a couple of years. But man, he was he was hot. He was hot. He was cooking. I mean, you see him in Creed. He's in the Marvel movies, and then 
just like that. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theory, but I thought Cal Williams said any time they make you into that position, part of that contract is you do understand whenever we want to take you down, we can, right? So, (laughs) first of all, first of all, I'm not going to lie. I do relate with Cat Williams and being afraid of white women. I mean, me personally, my preference is black women, obviously, whatever. But the point that he was making in regards to black men getting in trouble dealing with white women, that's a thing. I'm not trying to be funny. But I do relate to what he said in the clip in regards to why he doesn't mess with white women because he's scared, right? Because they low-key can bring a black man down, right? So which brings us back to Jonathan Majors. So, of course, Jonathan Majors, you all know, he was accused of domestic, a domestic a, a DV situation. There might be assaults, right, in a domestic relationship. We've all seen the video where him trying to put the girl in the car. We've also probably seen the video where he's running halfway through Cross Manhattan away from this white girl, run. right? And so he was convicted, um, and despite the fact that he had Megan Good by his side, but he also did an interview, um, and he talked about his experience and how shocked he was. So what are your thoughts about Jonathan Major? This entire situation, just be honest, what do you think about that situation? Okay, so first, let's start with um, this situation Remind me of the story of OJ, right, Um, by Jay-Z. And Mm. so I think at the end of the day that (laughs) Jonathan forgot he was still a— and and so it was just a moment of, you know what? Let me put it this way. Not only did he forget, he then turned around and ran to guess where? The black community, in particular mm. in the arms of a black woman, um, to try to get the black community support in regards to his endeavors with this particular trial and case, whatever's clever. And so I found it so fascinating because I don't know, it, for, a, for a moment there, it felt like he pulled a Jay-Z, um, not a Jay-Z, but a Jeezy when Jeezy had, oh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to correlate Right? I see where you're going where, here. Yeah. So Jeezy with Jenny Ma was like, oh, you know, he got caught up with her. They're going through a divorce. She started trying to paint him a certain way. And then he goes and do an interview with Nia Long. Mm. And once again, is him trying to get support from the black community for a decision that he made. In the Jonathan Major case, the only thing I kept thinking was the story of OJ. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, at the end of the day, you need to know what you was dealing with. And I think he got to the point where he didn't recognize. He thought he was too big because he had the Marvel, which, by the way, he he fumbled that bag because um, mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> of bags are being fumbled Mar- right now. Yep. <laughs> right. He fumbled that one for sure, because once you get with Marvel, they like one, two, three, four. Like you're there. They had a whole storyline just for Kane. And so mm-hmm. I'm just all I'm going to say is that. He got put in his place. I'm going to put quotation marks because technically he shouldn't have felt to be, he shouldn't have to get put in his place. But at the end of the day, the powers that be was like, hey, you did wrong. Let me go ahead. You rose too fast because he was in what? Um, Creed 3. Mm-hmm. He also had a couple other things. He actually Lovecraft went from... Lovecraft Country, right? Um, Is that what it's called? Right. Lovecraft was nice. Lovecraft mm-hmm. Country. It was one of the first, for, first time I actually met him as a actor. And so he had all this going on and all of a sudden he was rising. His star was rising too fast and he had this moment. And I'm with Kat. If I'm a black man, <laughs> there's no way in hell... <laughs> I'm going to go, especially a black man that has money, power, influence, or or a rising star and so forth. Am I going to jeopardize that, you know? But before I go to one portion of this, because I know you said give me all, and I don't want to just be running on and on, but I just got to ask you. 
Yes. Well, then, okay, yes. Let's, let's stay on Jonathan for a second, right? So before right. you go for the Megan part, right? Um, so yeah, first of all, I agree wholeheartedly with Kat in the sense that I'm a conspiracy theorist sometimes too, right? I think you have to be very mindful of what you expose yourself to and how that, you know, can affect you long-term, right? So the brother was literally set up for success, like low-key. I mean, had this situation not happened, the whole universe of Marvel stuff was on deck. He had all these different projects, right? And I understand these companies having to run away from him because who wants to be involved with somebody who has just been convicted or found guilty of, even if it's like lesser, you know, domestic charges, nonetheless, just the whole shit is ugly, right? But to your mm-hmm. point, like, bro, like you really thought people were going to let this white woman cry and emote and you're not going to feel some consequences to a certain extent. I mean, that's almost the whole reason why there's a whole Karen thing to begin with, right? These were white women who were crying white tears to be able to weaponize those white tears against black men, right? The shit that gets me is two parts. Number one, he said that the whole Coretta Scott thing, because we did talk about it on the last pod, right? And we both understood that you're saying this to a white woman, right? And I think had it been a black woman, she most likely would have moved differently in this situation for the very same reason that he looked for uh, Coretta, for example, right? Because to your point too, black women tend to be very supportive of black men just in general, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's familiar, whether it's, uh, you know, brother, sister type of love, whether it's, you know, relationship type of love, but they also tend to understand the shit that can happen to a brother. You dig what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You might, I'm not saying it's right, but you might have some women who understood that, yo, I can't be acting like this because I know what he has on the line. So you were asking a woman who doesn't understand the challenges that you're facing as an up and coming black man trying to establish yourself in a white culture of media, Right. And how shit like this can fuck you up, bro. Like, so I'm going to be honest. I don't feel no type of way when these brothers find themselves getting caught up with these snow bunnies, as Dr. Umar would call them, right? Because I think some of us understand the risk that you put yourself in, especially if you consider yourself a great man. Ironically, the great men that he was referencing were married to black women. So honestly, like, I try to support the brother. I feel like he's a really talented actor. But at this point, it's like, bro, the one thing he said I'd agree with, he never put shit to put himself in that position. Right, whether it's in the relationship as a whole, men, if you are in a relationship with toxic women, it is your responsibility mm-hmm. to get the fuck out of there. Because if her toxicity turns physical, the likelihood is, is that you're going to be the one punished if you even choose to respond, even in protecting yourself, even in grabbing her and telling her to get the fuck up off you can turn into a situation where you become the bad guy. So if you are a man, it is your responsibility to not put yourself in that situation, bro, especially if there's violence and toxic behavior, right? So he's a thousand percent correct. It is his fault. I'm not going to cry for him, Argentina, okay? And let this be in 2023 coming into 2024, a lesson for y'all niggas out there who have the propensity for the snow bunnies. Listen, I'm not mad. Do what you do, but at least get you one that knows how to fuck to act, not only in public on liquor and otherwise, because if you find out that she's not able to operate a certain type of way, guess what I'm going to do? Chuck the deuces. Peace out. So, I don't, I mean, it is what it is, yo. You know what I mean? And, and, and I mean, I feel sorry a little bit. But uh, he got what he deserved ultimately Wait. because he put himself in that position. And he's lucky that he was with Megan because maybe Megan, being the down-ass sister that she was, helped him not get convicted on all four counts. Okay? <laughs> and, and sidebar, no matter how cute Megan is, and Megan is cute, okay, her just being out there in a courthouse was no match for those white tears, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even Superman, oh, oh, the white tears. It's like kryptonite. But go ahead, that's just... 
<laughs> okay, so just to clarify, I like what you said about removing yourself from the toxic situations, right? And because I know there are some people who's going to listen to this and say, well, black women can get violent too. And so I like the fact that you generalize and make sure to say remove yourself from the toxic situation. But for those black men or men who's going to say, oh, well, black women do it too. Um, they get violent. They can get us hemmed up and so forth. The difference is the criminal punishment and the criminal element that comes from that. I just want to make a note that mm -hmm. if you're one of those people who are saying, well, black women do it too, because you can't help but say black women do it too, then just note that. And I'm not saying that's a, that is a good thing or a bad thing that black women do it too. I'm just saying that those tears that Nick so eloquently spoke about, the white tears, um, have a different effect on the criminal justice system. And this Facts. is something that you need to move and be aware of. And so, oh, let me say I one like thing. that. Before we, let me say one thing about that too, right? And even if it was a black woman, I feel like more often than not, she would understand the big picture in a sense of, yeah, he fucked up. What he did was fucked up, whatever, whatever. I'm going to handle this, but I'm not going to put it out there in public to where I jeopardize a larger bag to a certain extent, right? Or I've literally, matter of fact, even with the whole Meg, the Stallion situation, even after getting shot, one of the things he came out and said was, you know, I didn't want to get nobody in trouble. So here she was, somebody who got shot. And initially, she did not want to cooperate with the police. I mean, again, we don't know the truth of what happened, but that's a situation where a black woman recognizes that if we tell the police X, Y, and Z, somebody could be in danger of losing their lives that night, right? It's that cultural awareness, I think, that even black women, most black women, will probably at least be aware of. Now, whether or not they act on it, whether or not they want to kind of take you to the, to the shed with it, that's a different story. But at least that cultural uh, awareness to me is a difference. And and she showed no cultural awareness as it related to him. And now he's paying the consequences for it. Facts. But I like the fact that Megan Good was in, um, in his corner. So... The fact that Megan Good was in his corner actually triggered an entire dialogue on the internet on why Megan Good was in his corner. And so I'm just going to name the top three reasons um, that okay. folks said. And I, I would love to get your take on this because I personally was confused as to this particular take. And, <laughs> and so because I was like, OK, look, yes, it seems performative and it does seem as if she's playing a role, a position and so forth. But. That's not why people were clowning Megan Good. As a matter of fact, it was predominantly black men making these comments. They were saying that one, she's 42, I guess she, um, uh, around that age and, um, eight years older than Jonathan Major. So she, of course, had to go and find her a young man. And what better than a young man that's in trouble? Right. So that was the first thing. And I was like, why are we so stuck? On this 42, this age thing. And why was that justification for her going to date or um, participate in this performative activity called Jonathan Majors? Okay. I want to do one by one. Well, so I would like to get your opinion on that because the second one blew my mind even more where they're like, she's um, basically for the streets. And I was like, what's the correlation between Jonathan Majors and her being for the streets? That's a fact. And, and so supposedly it was the whole arc of she had a redemption arc, I guess, prior to her marrying the pastor or the deacon. Um, she was for the streets and they named drop names like 50 and so forth. But at this point, I'm like, who wasn't with 50 <laughs> in Hollywood? Like, come on. <laughs> so he's like the lollipop. I mean, I everybody want to try. Never mind. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. He even talked about having the magic stick. Should be a pause so, somewhere. Pause, pause, pause. I'm sorry. Pause. But go ahead. Go ahead. I like the fact that you threw that in there. <laughs> so, pause. And so, pause, 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 pause. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was confusing because I'm like, how does her dating Jonathan Majors and showing up for him and being in his corner correlate to her being for the streets because she's a divorcee or because she's no longer with this pastor? So that's the second one. And then the last one, I was just like, this woman looks great. And was this performative? Is she on a contract similar to the Lori Harvey contract? And so those are the top three things that came across on the, in the spectrum after he did this interview where I'm going to be honest, I thought it was a little performative. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, 1,000, 1,000%. Listen, first of all, I'm getting tired of some of these losers, these guys in the ethernets, you know, on Beyonce's internet constantly trying to find reasons to besmirch these beautiful black queens my my brother my brother what you got at home my nigga do you have something at home okay is it even competing with that like i feel like dudes be super jealous in their brains they can never get a woman like that so every opportunity they get they want to slander megan good is megan great okay have you seen her all right, she is a beautiful, attractive. She got that whole girl next door vibe, okay? She was married, okay? Whatever happened in their relationship that did not work out, they seem to have ended it amicably. I can see if she was never married, right? But as far as her being for the streets, I don't know. I don't, and that's the thing that gets me. Like, y'all niggas are in her panties. Like, y'all know who the fuck she's fucking. Just because you go with uh, somebody to an event doesn't mean you're fucking, okay? I've been aware of Megan Good for a long time. And maybe I'm not as much of a loser for some of these, like some of these niggas who like knows everybody she's dated, but she's a person. She's a woman. She's a human being. She's dating. She's looking for love. I get that. But she was married, okay? So, like, like, and, and she was married to a dude who was of a certain certain elk right and he must have saw value in her so get the fuck off of megan good you fucking pathetic losers okay so that's one number two but there are some truths right if you want to use megan good as a placeholder for conversation i understand that and i don't think those guys do a good enough job of the nuance, right? Because what they want to say is she's 42, she's attractive, something must be wrong with her, that's why she's not married anymore. And that may not be the truth for Megan Good. Are there women out there who fit that stereotype? Absolutely, right? But I just think that some guys are so quick to throw that on people without any proof, any evidence, or whatever, and don't take the time to caveat that we're just using Megan Good as a proxy to have the real conversation that we want to have, which is the fine women in my life don't want me, right? So look at them, they ain't got nobody, and that's good for them because I was here the entire time. That's really what a lot of this conversation, I think, boils down to for some of these internet losers. And I pray that they find the making good of their dreams, right? But as far as for me, I think making good did herself a disservice. Like, I mean, first of all, I get you're coming out of a relationship, right? But you're making fucking good, okay? Like, I think most of us believe that this relationship is like some bullshit, right? I think, mo- be- number one, this nigga supposedly put his hands on another woman, right? I don't give a fuck. She's white. Cool. I get that. But as a woman, though, wouldn't you have trepidation in regards to being with the man who is making Mm -hmm. bad decisions, who seems to be coming off a little narcissistic in terms of how full of himself he thinks he is, right? I'm a great nigga. You act. Okay, you're not creating laws. You're not fighting for civil fucking rights. The closest you'll get to Martin Luther King or Barack Obama is playing a role in a biopic, my nigga. <laughs> I'm a great man. If you don't shut your great man ass the fuck up, okay, <laughs> what the fuck was that, right? But no, back to Megan. Like, sis, 
Sis, booby, you are too you are too Megan good for this, okay? But listen, if I'm him, great. He was able to book Megan Gold for the you know supporting role of his career, right? Great, right? <laughs> Whatever that was. But I'm saying, Megan, baby, there's home for you here. I gotta read the Goldie voice back. <laughs> it might even sound like I'm hating, but Meg, booby. What we doing, boo? Okay. Because she's sitting there. People think she's a plant. People think the relationship is real. And she's still making good. You don't have to live like this, baby. You don't have to live like this. Okay. And I'm sorry. But yeah, he was just right. Here comes the man hate. The nigga ain't even that cute. Okay. I mean, <laughs> if you want a rebound, you know what I'm saying? Mama, let me upgrade you. Okay, I ain't got no charges. I got a wife though. But I'm just saying, I was very disappointed for Megan because I don't see what the upside was for her mm-hmm. in this situation. And you can't be having these conversations about how black women, which we'll talk about in a little bit, are being treated in Hollywood. And then like, you're doing things to cause in, you know injury to you, at least in terms of perception. Because it's like, what are you saying? You're supporting someone who's abusive, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And then again, even that cool or cute. Pause, if necessary. But that's just my thoughts on it. Megan, get out, girl. Blink twice. Blink, blink twice. Now that, the, now that it's over, we're probably going to get a statement from their PR people like, hey, while we still support and love each other, you know, we're going to continue to remain friends and wish each other well. Man, if y'all don't go somewhere with that shit. <laughs> so you believe this performative, basically, Hell yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> So I would agree with everything you just said, especially pertaining to the MLK. I'm like, come on, stop. Why are you comparing yourself to the MLK? Like, I think that was the biggest part that frustrated me the most, so to speak. It was like, you're asking for somebody to be your Coretta, but what are you doing to be MLK? Like, you're not Fuck risking your life. You're not getting beaten by dogs. You're not being fire hosed. And, and it was like, so I was confused. But you pretty much summed that up in regards to get the hell out of here with that bullshit, right? (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. The only way that he might have been close to being like MLK was that he was fucking some hoes. But y'all ain't heard that from me. Happy Martin Luther King's Day. Let's go. Let's go. I was trying not to say that. I was trying not to throw that in there because I was like, you know, from my understanding, he was cheating with some of the snow bunnies too. But I was trying to keep that out of there. I I have a dream. He was having dreams and wet dreams. Holler that. Wow. (laughs) See, look at that. Let's run that disclaimer or something. Maybe we should... (laughs) Because I don't want to get no smoke on this I mean, MLK listen, day that's coming. Brother, but he was out here fucking. <laughs> he was. Okay. He was. So maybe that's the that's what he wanted Coretta for. He was basically saying, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. I don't know. I'm not going to make any guesses. I'm going to go ahead and move over mm-hmm. to another <laughs> to another great supposedly person, a.k.a. man, who is the prize. Because that's how Jonathan was moving, as if he was the prize. And so let's run that clip. You was really the catch in... I always say we the men are catch, man. I always say we the catch, man. Jonathan Owens is facing fan backlash for comments he made about his wife, Simone Biles, in a recent interview. During an appearance on the Pivot podcast, the Green Bay Packers safety says he believes he's the catch in their relationship, since it was Simone who first strongly pursued him. How in the hell did you pull Simone Biles? <laughs> you really, how she pulled me, man? That's the question. Oh man. Lord! And she she messaged me. This is like a Tuesday, and we 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 were texting back and forth, and then we hung out Friday, man. And um, we couldn't do much as COVID happened. Everything was shut down, so um, she came through down um, down to Houston. She lived in the suburbs, so she had to drive about forty five minutes to me. Um, then the rest is history, man. So so you was really the catch in. 
I always say we the men are cats, man. I always say we the cats. All right. So mm-hmm. you heard it straight mm-hmm. from the, the horse's mouth, so to speak. Everybody and, have no shame. Um, <laughs> no shame. We are the prize. I've been saying this the entire time. Men are the prize. <laughs> Now, before, so just to provide some of the internet, you know, backdrop and so forth that was pertaining to this and why this was so upset. As you all know, some of y'all godfathers by the name of Kevin Samuels, may he rest in peace, depending on who you are. Some folks say rest in hell. I don't know which side you fall on. And so... (laughs) Um, talk about men being the prize, right? And so um, initially there was a lot of women upset about um, Simone Bill's husband. I'm just kidding, Jonathan Owens. I know his name. You mean Simone Biles? Is that her name? Is that? You is said it, Bills? Is it oh Biles? my God. Is it Biles? <laughs> this name. No, I'm just kidding. Is it Biles or Bills? <laughs> she might be paying the bills. No, but I, I believe it's actually Biles. Biles. It's Biles. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yes, this was entertaining. No, and you know what's funny? I actually know it's Simone Biles. I was just, you know. But anyways. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Falling into character. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, so well, I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Simone Biles. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, she was paying the bills, though. But uh, anyways, um, so she actually did an interview as well where she was like, hey, uh, one day she's not going to be known as, you know, Simone, the gymnastics is going to always be or the the goat of gymnastics. And she'll be known as basically Mrs. Jonathan Owens. And so um, the Internet went in an uproar, one, because he stated he was surprised. Two, apparently in the interview, he pretended like he didn't even know who she was at first. And it could have been he didn't know. I'm not saying he did or he didn't. And But three, they felt like why did she and he both minimize her actions? Like there was a diminishing of her to prop him up is what some felt like. And so I just love to get your thoughts on that as well. Did he diminish her? Um, Did she diminish herself? I mean, I feel like, why is it diminishing if she saw value in him? Like, the way I understand the story, right? They both swiped on each other on an app. um, And then she reached out to him first via socials, right? Some of these apps, I think it requires women to reach out first. And some of them, I guess it's like whoever wants to reach out. But she reached out to him on socials. And um, they sparked a little conversation. So, like, her actions spoke to she saw something she wanted, and she took the initiative to go out there and get it. Like, you know, typically it's the man, right? If I see a woman, I like her, I approach her, I get her phone number, right? And I think because she was the aggressor, kind of, I can I can see where he felt like he was the prize because she stepped to him low-key, even if it's virtual, Right. So that's number one. Um, first of all, let me let me backtrack. I think both people can be considered the prize. Right. If mm-hmm. you value that person and you feel fortunate to be with that person because you think they're amazing, they're attractive and all that good stuff and you appreciate them, that person may be the prize in your eyes. Right. And that prize may not be seen by other people. But who cares if you value that person that way? And conversely, if you know your partner sees you in the same way, both of you legitimately can feel like you're the prize. Now, I know that we're in a culture where women feel like they should be the only one that's considered the prize. And then you have the Kevin Samuels who's coming out and saying, nah, we're the prize too, if not the prize, because there's more, there's less of us that you all find desirable. So therefore, by that dynamic, the prize dynamic is going to fall on us. Right. Because it's like a supply and demand situation. You want a six figure earner. You want a guy who's over six feet, six pack and six inches and up or whatever. That number is very, very small. So if 100 women want that one guy, then he's the prize, like low key. Right. But conversely, she could be an amazing woman and the hundreds of guys want her. 
right? So I just kind of feel like people were tripping over themselves with this whole prize thing because a lot of women made it seem like, oh, we're, we're the only ones that could be the prize. Nah, he could be the prize too. And he clearly, I think, has legitimate reasons to feel like he is the prize, right? And I'm going to say this because it needs to be said. We value the physical, right? And what we find as attractive. Simone Biles is accomplished. She's dope in what she does for her career or her chosen field. And she's a cute girl. But what we're not going to do is act like she is the finest thing out there. Wow. Okay? Not to shade on her. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I hate for it to sound like shade because I've heard women say they will not date dudes that's prettier than them or date dudes that's more attractive than them. Have you heard women say that? Yes, right. Because a lot of times they'll say, oh, that guy thinks he's the, the cute one of the group. Right. And we're seeing this happen in real time. She chose a guy that I think even for herself, she would say he is the more attractive one. And guess what? When you do that, you're going to get a guy who's a little bit full of himself. Right. You get what I'm saying? So, like, you know, when I hear women say this, I'm like, for real? You got to do all that. But now I'm realizing why they said that. This proves that theory out on the why a lot of women will say, I want me a medium ugly dude. Right? Medium. <laughs> because they don't, they don't expect the medium ugly dude to go on somebody's podcast talking about he's the prize. And the last thing I'm going to say on this real quick before I hand it back to you. My brothers, my brothers, my brothers. Even if you do feel like you're the prize... But if you love your wife, you have to get some motherfucking media training, my nigga, right? Because one key for a lot of us married men, when somebody says, yo, such and such about your wife, hey, man, I I'll kick my coverage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I came up. You know what I mean? I'm fortunate. You know what I mean? Now, even if I feel like we're on the same level or she's lucky to have me and vice versa, but in public, I'm going to always elevate. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he necessarily diminished her. I think he was elevating himself, right? And he came across as diminishing her because the facts of what actually happened seemed consistent on both sides. She did holler at him, right? She did reach out to him first, right? So that, that's just what happened. But for him as a man, I'm always going to big up my wife because I don't need that big enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm cool. I don't give a fuck if you think I'm ugly or not. My wife thinks I'm amazing. That's all the fuck I care about. So if I'm like, yo, I outkicked my coverage, that's to big up my wife, bro. Because I'm going to win more favor approaching it that way. That's why he's getting the backlash. He just was a young brother who was not as socially media savvy or whatever. He was just talking his talk justifiably based on what happened, right? And so he was getting some backlash, probably deservedly so. But for all of the lonely women out there that was like, oh my God, Simone, you need to leave him and da-da-da-da-da, most of y'all beeps won't get married in the first place. Most of y'all won't even be able to get a dude who's as attractive, I guess, or as, as you know, well-off in terms of his career. So, of course, y'all hating asses want her to be single with y'all, which is why we do rooms like single women help keep women single. You know what I'm saying? Like, get the fuck out of here and keep your lonely ass hands off that damn keyboard and keep your opinion to yourself because you ain't got nobody else to talk to in real life about how you feel. Go ahead, SNL. So as somebody who actually believes their husband is prettier than them, I actually love pretty men. And so... <laughs> <laughs> and on pictures, it actually shows because he's the type, but I won't talk about him because, um, but anyways, 
And so, um, so I will just say this. Um, I felt the women who I understood their perspective when they said they felt like he basically diminished her and her accomplishments and who she is as a person because she's known internationally, whereas football technically is not the football, which is also known as soccer. And so Jonathan Owens may not be known internationally, right? And so I understood that they're speaking from a domestic versus international versus awareness, right, standpoint. However, I will agree that there's a little bitterness in that as well because what we're confusing and and refusing, as a matter of fact, what we're refusing to believe is that Simone herself felt that she got a good catch. Like she felt that she's lucky. And who are we to say, hey, you're wrong. You're the catch because I'm pretty sure she recognized that she has qualities because they are married. So I'm sure she recognized that she has qualities that they both enjoy and like about her and him. And so I think that this is a situation where we're putting our opinion in some place that we don't need to be. At the end of the day, they should value each other. They should see each other as a prize. And if we can do 2024 without having the prize conversation, that would be great because in the relationship, your partner is your prize. That's why you're building together. Like I consider my husband my prize. He considered me his prize because we're in a relationship together and that's what we should view each other as and we should move with that perspective. So for the women who felt like she diminished herself, I don't necessarily think that she diminished herself. I think what she did was acknowledge that she's excited to be Mrs. Jonathan Owens in the future. She's excited that there's a, a proper, there's an opportunity for her to just be his wife versus who she is right now and currently. And I think that that's something that we miss. Now, I'm not going to call those women bitter because <laughs> you did that. <laughs> you did that enough. But what I will say is that we do have to recognize that there needs to be space for conversation about accomplishments in the relationship. And if their accomplishments is not what made the relationship, they went into the relationship not focusing on her accomplishments or his accomplishments, then we need to recognize that because it is what it is and they love each other. And so let's not speak negativity into their relationship. And I will say that he definitely needed some media training because the first, my first thought was like, no, you know, like this, right, exactly. Like this is going to come back and bite him. But you know what they say, um, bad publicity is still good publicity. And so he got a hard lesson and um, we'll see if he takes it in mind, internalize it or whatever, and come back with a different perspective. But definitely believe that at the end of the day, can we dead this pride conversation? Because <laughs> both parties are the prize if they decide to choose each other. Let's dead that conversation in 2024. Oh, wow. So you're on mute. Look, boy, the devil is the devil is strong up in here because the devil must have known I was about to say something. But no, I do want to say this though, right? I do want to shout out Simone Biles for shooting her motherfucking shot, right? So she saw something she liked and she put her foot her, her foot in front of the next and went after, right? Which ended up with her landing her dude. Now, I'm not saying women got to go to the point of of you know uh, you know proposing to men, but I do think like. If you're so empowered, girl, go out there and, and, and shoot your shot. You know what I'm saying? You might end up like Simone Biles, married. But some of y'all don't want to shoot your shot and you single and you mad that she caught her fish. She caught her prize. You know what I'm saying? Leave those sardines alone, boo-boo. Okay? But mm -hmm. <laughs> so now, speaking of someone that is absolutely the prize, Neil Long, 
we mentioned, you know, you mentioned her earlier. Oh, she is a prize. All right. Now, let's be honest, though. She may not be a prize to everybody. I know for me, I'm 46 now. I've always had like a little crush on Nia Long and she is still fine. But, you know, there may be some people. Right. So back to the prize conversation, the prize things in the eye of the beholder. But to me, Nia Long is a prize and she keeps doing things that makes me say, damn, Shorty's solid. Right. So first of all, she came back in the news this week because apparently she finally got like a child support agreement settled out with her her ex Ime Yudoka. Right. Which, by the way, I'll tell you a little quick story about that situation. But so she gave Ime a discount. I think homie would have been on the hook for about 50. Shorty was like, nah, let me just get 32. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's damn near a 33% discount on child support. Like, who does that? You know what I mean? So kudos to her. Um, you mentioned her, you know, obviously she did the interview with Jeezy. Uh, we didn't really get a chance. I don't know if we did get a chance to talk about that. I don't remember. But anyways, so the story I really want to get to, and this is just me being messy. And so apparently Ime Yudoka got into an argument on court with LeBron James, right? Boom. So that happened a little back and forth. I think Ime was telling LeBron, yo, stop acting like a little bitch, something like that, right? Cool. So then Cameron, separate from that, had shot his shot at Nia Long. Apparently, Cameron's like me. He likes the older ladies. First, it was uh, the Keisha chick or whatever. Now it's Nia Long. But he was in her DMs after the whole M.A. Udoka thing happened. So he's like, yo, mom, you know, my Nia Mora, he was spitting heavy game. Cool. So then LeBron's birthday comes up a couple of weeks ago, and Rich Paul inv- invites Nia Long. But guess who else they invited to the party? You guessed it, Cameron. So Cameron, <laughs> it was I love like it. A peak. Love it. You see, right? The pettiness. Like, so you talking shit to LeBron on the court. Well, I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna connect your ex and your baby's moms to the nigga Cameron who's been shooting his shot, right? So I just thought that was quite interesting overall. But uh, what are your thoughts, man, in terms of Neilon giving email the discount? Um, whether or not she should have stayed with Ime because um, Al Reynolds, who I believe, I forgot the sister's name. She was a little heavy set sister who lost some weight. Not Wendy Williams, but another woman. I forgot. She's a lawyer now. But anyways, Al Reynolds was on, I think, the Fox Soul Show saying that Nia should have stayed with Ime Yudoka, right? She been knew how he was. Apparently, she was not, the, she was the one that really isn't all for marriage. Like, she was cool mm-hmm. with, like, a committed relationship. So they've been together for, like, 12 plus years, right? Because I think their son is at least 12 or whatever. So, there's a lot of things about this relationship that people don't know about, right? So if you don't want to get married, but you do want to be committed, okay, cool. Does that give him a little bit of space to kind of do his thing on the outside? I mean, we already know what happened, yada, yada, yada. So what do you think about Nia Long, uh, right? And all the different scenarios I mentioned with her prize ass. All righty then. So I see that we're not going to dead the prize conversation. And so- no, no, She's a prize. <laughs> so, um, if I could win her at the fair, I'd be a very happy. Oh person. my god, that is hilarious! Uh, so, I think that the the fact that she was willing to do the thirty two or thirty three thousand dollars in child support, um, that's great. And to be honest, I think that more if we put it back into normal people terms versus just the celeb terms, I think that more women will be cooperative and be willing to work out child support arrangements if the father has been proven to be active in that child's life and or if they have a cordial relationship. So Nia Long and um, you know I'm going to mess his name up for sure. So go ahead and say it for me. <laughs> Ime Yudoka. I'm, I'm going to work on that. but um, <laughs> You should. Do your job. But go ahead. So. um. They had a relationship where she was the one who didn't want 
commit. Um, well, she didn't want marriage, right? She was the one who was like, no, we're good as long as we have a commitment to each other. I guess that in regards to her staying, I don't necessarily think it was important for her to stay if she felt that if they had some type of agreement of being committed to each other, unless that agreement included having an open relationship on his side or her side or whatever that agreement may be, then it was fine for her to walk away because it the commitment relationship didn't manifest or stay in the manner that she wanted to stay in or the manner that they may have discussed. And so if it was just a matter of, oh, so he cheats and he constantly cheat, you knew he was a cheater. Well, perhaps he kept his cheating secret and it wasn't embarrassing her. And then once he embarrassed her, it was like, oh, now I got to walk away because you done embarrassed me. And so if maybe he wouldn't have embarrassed her in a manner, and then let's not forget, he got some ramifications and repercussions from his actions because of who he cheated with. We're not going to say it was a snow bunny, but um, anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the fall of, of so many cheated. great black men. First <laughs> and Martin, so it's... <laughs> Jonathan Majors, and now Ime Udoka. Go ahead. And so it's one of those things where Maybe that's why she walked away was because they had a written agreement or unwritten or unspoken agreement that, hey, you could do you just don't let doing you embarrass me. And um, so that actually the fact that she talked about, you know, basically taking a third off the child support. Uh, for the most part, that speaks to the amicable relationship they probably had anyways, even after she was embarrassed and whatnot. I think that once again, it's just a matter of the two people, the type of relationship they have, the type of activity that he has and as far as his fatherly roles and so forth and activity with his children. I think that all speaks to the relationship and the cost, the amount that he ended up walking away with. So kudos to her. I think for the everyday person, especially dudes who'd be like, oh, oh, she put me on child support. Well, let's take some, let's do some life lessons here and determine one, are you in that child's life? Two, do you provide child support without actually being asked to provide child support? Three, what is your relationship with the mother? And if your relationship with the mother is good, then the likelihood of y'all negotiating child support or no child support, regardless if you say the court should be in or not, um, will cu- turn out better for you. And four, if you are in a horrible relationship and you feel that you don't want to pay child support, by all means, I support father's rights. Go ahead. Take that person to court. Take that baby mom to court and get custody of your child. And that's where I leave it. Let me ask you this quick question, right? Because I was thinking about this as you were speaking. Do you think, like, I feel like, do you think that the fact that she did not want to get married, like, let's say that was her thing, like, I don't want to get married. Do you think that that could affect a person's view on the commitment itself? Like, because, like, as a, as a guy, you know, if I were to get divorced, I don't know if I'd want to get married again, right? And I kind of feel like that would most likely be the case if I met another woman who I was really like, oh my God, she wanted this. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll do it. You know, cool, right? Not a big deal. I don't know if I would get married again. But I feel like a woman tells me that she does not want to get married. There is a certain level of like, I feel like it's not the same commitment. Like I think, I think marriage obviously creates a, a stronger and more whatever commitment. So I guess a part of me just wondering, do you think that that is going to lead to a person more likely to cheat than if they were committed through God to a certain extent? So I will say that I actually know a couple people, um, t- not personally up close, like they're not actually in my circle, but they're in somebody else's circle, so to speak. And where the guy proposed and she said, no, because she didn't actually want to get married. And I can honestly say that those relationships no longer exist. And the reason why those relationships no longer exist was because in, from my understanding, the fact that he wanted to propose and have a um, solidified through marriage, 
And by saying no, it actually was devastating to that person, not only ego, but psych and possibly their goals in life and what they're looking to achieve um, through marriage. And so um, I'm going to say, yes, definitely. It probably had an effect and it probably changed what type of commitment, especially if you operate under the Western view of what marriage is, right? Now, there are some people who can have a committed relationship without getting the courts involved because some folks are saying, oh, marriage is just the courts being involved, the state being involved in your life. Well, if someone's willing to say, hey, I do want the states involved, (laughs) the state involved, because there are some benefits by having the state involved through this marriage contract to (laughs) include um, certain things as far as if I'm in the hospital and so forth, whatever the case may be. And um, so- I think that ultimately it did affect the type of commitment. And if he proposed and she said no, like if she was upfront about it, then he should have went in fully knowing that this is not what to expect and so forth. And that's a conversation that they could have had, right? If it was like something secret where she didn't necessarily wasn't upfront about it and later on said, oh, after he proposed, oh, I never wanted to get married. Then he's like, well, damn, I don't wasted my time because I was supposed to be with a like-minded individual and thought we were moving towards a common goal of marriage. And so I think that ultimately, yes, it does affect if that person was marriage-minded and it could be devastating. One thousand, one thousand percent. I mean, first of all, nothing on Neil Long, nothing on Neil Long, nothing on. Well, I wouldn't say nothing on Neil Long, but what I would say on Neil Long wow. probably inappropriate for these airwaves, um, and for a man who's already in a relationship. Uh, although I'd have to wonder that my wife would be okay, right? Because it is Neil Long. You guessed it. Um, and yes, baby, you can watch if you want. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, these are all just jokes, people. Kind of. So, um, now, nah, first of all, I think it was really solid of her to give the brother a little discount. I'm sure he probably didn't need it, but I think for a woman who feels like, yo, I mean, I got it. I got my own money too. Whatever, whatever. That's more than enough. I don't want to break you. Um, I think a lot of times when these things happen, women use uh, child support, the court system, um, to get back, right? To lash back, you know, of anger, to a little bit of lick back or whatever, make the guys, you know life uh, more difficult because she's still in pain from what he did. I don't think we ever really heard her side of the story per se. It sounded like she was a little bit more upset, at least from her public remarks and how it was done, how it was handled, how she was handled, right? Because of course, they helped to keep the secret identity of the other person who was involved in this scenario. Meanwhile, she's on Fun Street having to deal with her man being caught playing in the cookie jar in Boston, right? So I think for the most part, she's handled herself as with class. Um, you know, the little interview with Jeezy, she was like a woman who was there to kind of support a brother who's gone through some things. And, you know, there might have been a little bit of energy there, but Jeezy, stay off of Nia. I'm warning you right now, right? But that's neither here nor there. Um, so kudos to her for that. Um, I ain't gonna lie to you, like low key, I like that that camera on shot is shot. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like that Rich Paul, or at least it came across as them being petty, right? Cause you come on my man's, you know, I'm gonna try to hook up with, you know, it's just, it's a dirty game out there, y'all. It's a dirty game. But now, nah, Nia's definitely dope. I just think that she she comes across as somebody who, you know, would be great to to talk to and kick it with and maybe even be in a relationship with. But who knows? Because sometimes it look good on the outside. What's the phrase for every fine woman that's out there? There's a man that's already sick of her. So who knows? Whatever that phrase is. But uh, we love us some Nia around here. Nia, who else was on that list of these amazing women over 40? I don't know if you saw it. But anyway, we won't go through that list. But they all... Uh, 
And I don't know what Jenny Ma was doing on that list because I thought it was supposed <laughs> to be, was this the POC list or the black woman's list? Because it was like, you know, 17 black women on there and then Jenny Ma. So, so what? She fucked with Jeezy and she's honorary now? You know what I'm saying? I don't get what that was about. She does not belong on that list with those amazing, beautiful black queens. Let me just say that. But yes, uh, Nia was on that list. Tracy Ellis Ross was on that list. Anyways, listen, um, you know, I was I'm, like, I'm hold on, do you need a hole, moment? Even if I like to go down the rabbit hole. But anyways, we can move on. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know. You might need a moment here. I might. Uh, <laughs> Yo, let me get a napkin. Can I? Can I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> might need a moment, you know. Whew. Yeah, we can move uh, on to the next story. I'm thinking we might want to make this the last one, right? But uh, we got one more to go, if that's all right <laughs> with you. And you let us know what we're talking about next. So uh, I think we could stay on the marriage track, you know, um, since once again, we do support marriage on in the BLC. So um, recently, yes, his and her. Thank you for that. Uh, I got excited. I'm sorry. Um, So anyway, um, so recently, Erica Dixon. Had a I know I had to say it slow. Now I can say I can do things right. And we have a clip for this one. Uh, let's run that clip. All right. So Erica Dixon from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta just dropped the bomb on everyone and no one was expecting her to say this. On the new upcoming episodes on Love and Hip Hop, she admitted that Scrappy is the reason why she has never gotten married. She said she'd been in a couple relationships where the men she was dating was ready to get married, but because of the things she went through with Scrappy, she was always hesitant. She didn't want to repeat the same traumas and same pain that she went through with Scrappy. Now when she even told Scrappy herself, even he was shocked because he was not expecting that from her. On their little date night that Scrappy took her out to, she even asked Scrappy, so what do you want? Like what do you want? What do he want in life right now at this moment in his life? And he actually admitted that he actually still want to get married one day and actually have a family unit. All right, so we're back. And so apparently, as you can see here, Erica basically was like, Scrappy's the reason why she never got married. Like no matter what, she... She he was the reason why she never married, and so I found that fascinating because, as you know, Scrappy got married, and as a matter of fact, wasn't it to Bam Bam? <laughs> and so I actually like her name, and I remember the love and hip hop and the show and so forth. So, anyways, that's neither here or there. But I found that fascinating because we have we just came off Neil Long, who apparently somebody was fantasizing about while he was speaking about her. Um, but <laughs> we just came off Neil Long. <laughs> And her statement of where she really didn't want to be married herself. She just wanted to be in a committed relationship. And now we have somebody who is saying, blaming a man, as a matter of fact, for the reason why they never married. And um, my question is, cause I believe she was engaged at one point and, and she still didn't follow through on it. So my question for the most part <laughs> is that when we come to when it comes to marriage, and it comes and this belief of marriage and all the customs and so forth that's that surrounds it. Do Erica got a um, does she has a case? Is oh, it yeah. can she blame Scrappy for not for never marrying? Is I that legitimate? So. I mean, so let's backtrack a little bit, right? So Scrappy, I think, was originally 
early on with Erica, right? They have a kid together. Never got married. They were in a relationship. I may get the chronology wrong. Chronology wrong. You know, leave it in the comments if I do. But um, so they were in a relationship. I think he might have messed around with Diamond, one of his bandmates from a group that he was in. Um, that relationship with Erica did not ultimately work out. They probably had like little, you know, spin the block moments. And this feels like a spin the block moment. Um, he eventually married the BAM, uh, you know, who is a friend of mine. So I'm a little bit biased, right? Someone that I, you know, uh, care about, you know, in terms of seeing how things are playing out for the most part. And so I am a little bit biased in that way. But to answer your question, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of women who have been hurt who have been dogged, who have been disappointed, who have been lied to and so on and so forth. And as much as we talk about healing, there are some people who have just not really fully healed from that traumatic experience or that perception of the traumatic experience. So I think she had said that, you know, she thought about getting married. She was with a guy who wanted to get married, but she was, was scared that it would end up like it did with him. Right. So I do think it is fair for women uh, to acknowledge or to recognize how a past relationship has affected them. But once you've acknowledged it, then it is her responsibility to get the help necessary, right? At some point you can't, this is the first time I think I've heard her say this, but now that you've said it, you can't say that no more, right? Mm. Because you've at least acknowledged, okay, this was the reason. First of all, why are you even sitting with the nigga, right? But that's neither here nor there, right? Clearly it's television. You got to do what you got to do. Get your checkup, right? Cool. But at least the perception that he's trying to spin the block. You've seen what happened in the past relationship. He had three kids with this woman. Things didn't work out. His mom was always a part of the issue or whatever. And now after that didn't work out, after he spun the block with Diamond, Scrappy is a spin the block type of nigga. You dig what I'm saying? And I'm not saying niggas should not spin the block. Uh, I think it makes sense sometimes, but it doesn't make sense all the time. If you didn't spun the block so many times and every time you didn't spun the block, you got a flat tire, maybe you should stop splitting that block. And that was, and that would be what I would say to any woman who finds herself consistently spinning the block with a nigga who means her no, no good. I'm not saying that's specifically scrappy in this situation right now, but obviously if you've spun the block and it didn't work out because he wasn't consistent, maybe because he wasn't mature, et cetera, et cetera, then you can't put yourself back in that position and expect people to understand and have empathy for you at the end of the day. Now, as a nigga, I understand, right? Because we've been there before. Like literally we've been there before and maybe it was great. Like in our brains, I wish I can keep all my exes on deck. You know what I'm saying? But you understand that people have to move on with their lives. And if you truly love somebody, sometimes it's important to let them go. Uh, even if they're willing to allow you to spin the block, if you know you're not in the proper mind frame as a man and you claim you love this woman, then you gotta be man enough to be like, nah, I'm good, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna do that because I love her. Now, if you don't love her and you just want to use her, hey man, do your thing, right? Because, and I'll just say this, like I get the whole gender war thing, but what's it, what they say, it's all fair in love and war, right? Mm -hmm. Each side is responsible for how they conduct themselves, what risk that they put themselves out there for, their discernment and all these different things. So you and I, S&M, can talk to our faces blue and somebody will hear this and still do some fuck shit, right? Or still put themselves in a fucked up position. So with that being said, all that we can do is put the information out there. But if that one woman has got the information and still puts herself in a position to be spun by a nigga who's been spinning her this entire time, then, hey, boo, have that and my brother, enjoy yourself, okay? Because I can't be invested in people who don't want to invest in themselves by making better decisions. So that's that's pretty much, again, no not to Scrappy, no not to nobody. I am a little bit, you know, uh, you know, on one side a little bit because that's my sis. But at the end of the day, we know what the fuck this is. Niggas gonna nig. 
You know what I'm saying? And women have to do a better job of spotting the niggin and decide to renege. You know what I'm saying? Nigga blockers. Mm. No, you will not come back here. You know what I'm saying? Legs closed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get you some shit. So I do. <laughs> so. <laughs> I do know what you're saying. And as a matter of fact, I want, I think that Erica needs to go ahead and accept accountability. You know, that dirty word in our community sometimes. <laughs> I think Erica needs to go ahead and accept accountability on this because once she identified that Scrappy was the issue or the reason why she never married, then it is upon her to move differently. And to be honest, before she even identified that he was the issue, she needed to actually take a look at herself and say, why am I letting this dude come back to me? What's up with this boomerang relationship that I continue to put myself in knowing that all it does is hurt me each and every time? Why do I, to the point where she wasn't even willing to take a chance on a man who was like, hey, I want to marry you. I want to, you know, wife you up and so forth. Because she was still thinking about the boomerang that Scrappy is. And so I think that sometimes women block their own blessings. And in this particular case, it was an example of her blocking her own blessing because she kept waiting for somebody who showed who he was the entire time. And for whatever reason, and this is one of my cautions for women, is that stop believing you can change somebody. A dude will only change when he wants to change. He's not going to change for you. He's not going to change for the next woman. He's going to change when he wants to change and how he, however he wants to change. She kept thinking that he was that eventually, maybe this time I'm going to be the one. It was like, maybe the next jump will be the last one, you know, and, and it wasn't. And it was like, so take some accountability for the action. I'm sorry that she was hurt by the situation. She caused this. She brought some of this on herself because she allowed him to spin the block, as you called it. And so at some point, she needs to go ahead, hit that counseling, because this is the year of mental health. Cat even said it himself. <laughs> mental health and so go ahead and get that mental health figure out what's inside you that made you want this relationship with this guy who showed you who he was constantly and consistently you can say he wasn't consistent but yes he was he was consistently showing you that he was inconsistent he was constantly showing you that who he was and you just chose to turn a blind eye to it and then cry when it came out to be the exact way it has always been and so just recognize that I think that in a lot of women cases, we have a tendency not to see what's right in front of us. Um, right the saying the forest for the trees. Right. And so this is an example of where she needs to go ahead and assess. And this is for all women and recognize that you have some culpability in this relationship as well and move accordingly. Get the help that you need, heal from the trauma and move accordingly. But more importantly, stop bringing that baggage into the next relationship because that guy who is willing to wife you or that guy who's willing to be there for you shouldn't have to deal with the baggage from these old dudes and these old relationships. Let that go. Oh, letting go. This is the year of also letting go. Yes. So let that go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Speaking of let it go, I think we might have to let this episode go, y'all. Because I think we came to the end of the episode. But what we wanted to do before we end the episode, this very first episode of the His or Hers editions of the BLC Woo! Pod, which Woo! by now I'm sure you've already liked subscribed and followed right so make sure you do that and share and (laughs) tell a friend okay but no listen so before we get up out of here we wanted to shout out a couple of people and it just so happened that the people we want to shout out today was a his and it was a hers right now what's messed up about this is i don't quite remember the brother's name so let me if you can help me out with that but we wanted to shout out a brother who was in prison 
for 44 years, he was exonerated because he did not, in fact, commit the R word on the person he was convicted for and ended up getting a settlement from North Carolina of $25 million, right? Now, I know, like, first of all, let's congratulate. Do you have the, the, the brother's name by chance, SNM? You know, as a matter of fact, I just remember the North Carolina man. Then we already established. <laughs> then we already established. I'm not good with the name. Yeah, oh yeah. You know what? Me asking you for the name was probably like, you know, uh, probably not the <laughs> best thing because you're horrible mind. with names. <laughs> and on top of that, like they only said like a man. Da, 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 da. They didn't even give. Oh, there we go. His name was Ronnie Wallace Long. He was jailed wrongfully for 44 years. And he gets $25 million in compensation for what he went through. So let me try this new little feature. Um, if you guys haven't noticed, we're on a different platform now. So shout out to the brother for being exonerated and um, being able to get the bag. So let me see if this works. Hold on. Okay. It doesn't work. Okay. Never mind. So woohoo! Yay, Ronnie! Woo! Yes, Ronnie. Ronnie. My brother, <laughs> let me hold something though. Let me hold something. Quick question though, before we get up out of here. I mean, I know 25 million, like, is not that's nowhere near. Like, you could not tell me, hey, you do 44 years in prison, I'm gonna pay 25 million at the, at the end of that, right? That's nowhere near compensation, right? Like, but if you just got out of prison, let's say you're like 65 with 25 million dollars, what would you do if you're a young Ronnie? What would you do if you're a Ronnie out here with 25 million? Um, so I have no idea because first of all, 44 years in prison, the first thing he probably do is going to go eat. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else, but go ahead now. Well, of course he did that as well. (laughs) And I was going to pay for it. I don't want to be charged with taking it. I was going to pay for it. I got 25 million on it. (laughs) I don't know if he, you know, so of course he did that. So I'm just saying outside of those activities, and he probably grabbed a great meal, probably went to, he probably hit a hotel, one of the most, um, all the things that he dreamed about when he was a kid and went ahead. That's what I would do. I would go ahead and knock off the list that I dreamed about doing as a kid, you know, traveling the world, buying. He probably bought a house because he spent 44 years in the jailhouse. So he probably wants his own house now. Mm. And so... I don't know. It's a lot of things to do. My question was that $25 million taxed. Mm, that's that's an even better question. Don't tell me I got $25 million, but when I look down, it's like 11.5. Like, what happened to the rest of it? Nigga, taxes. I should not have to pay taxes ever in life, at least not in the mm-hmm. state of North Carolina. Like, if it was a state mm-hmm. charge, I should not have to pay taxes. I should not have to get any type of speedy tickets. Like, I should be impugned. I should have impunity from almost everything for the remainder of my life. I should be able to go out there and no, let don't me, say let me stop. it. Let don't me, say it. Stop. I knew where you was going. <laughs> don't do it. Stop. Right? I mean, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but we go. We go. Excuse me. Uh, yes, we're gonna let you marinate on that, and um, don't do it. The hers. Let's and get recognition to, to the hers. To the next one. <laughs> so, want to give a shout out to Angela Bassett. Woo! She won her first Oscar, honorary Oscar. I think we got a clip, and um, we should end on Angela Bassett. Well, before I play the clip, yes. Shout out to Angela Bassett. We're going to play the clip and get up out of here. But before I play the clip, how do you feel about it being an honorary Oscar? Oh, so... So let me be honest. That's why I say Oscar, first Oscar, and then I added honorary mm-hmm. because She's the second like that black focus. woman to win an honorary Oscar. So that's still important. It's still big. But how do you feel just generally about it being an honorary Oscar? 
Okay, so I don't want to take away from this moment. Mm -hmm. And I will say, once again, congratulations. Shout out to her. Queen. When I heard that, it was honorary. She's on that list, too, by the way. She's on that list, I think, for sure. And you got to put Angela Bassett on that list. Yes, she's on the list. And this is what, pause? Is that when I'm supposed to say pause? When I say she's on the list? Okay, pause. And if you would have said she's on that list with her fine ass, then you could have probably said pause. I mean, you could have probably been okay with not having to say pause, but you got it, though. Okay, so Try it, that though. being said, with, with no, 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 <laughs> no. She is attractive. I will say that, mm-hmm. and I believe every woman on the list was attractive. And so, but you know, black don't crack unless you Asian in dog years because of drugs and smoke. But anyways, mm-hmm. moving on. That's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw that it was an honorary, I was a little taken aback because it's it's still technically not an Oscar, but I didn't want to throw shade on it because it's still a win. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was great. And um but this is gonna go me into my pro black bag for a second. I feel that we should stop trying to be accepted into certain spaces. Like the fact that we still have first or second in certain spaces actually causes me some Mm, I won't say concern, but the fact that it still exists is concerning. And why can't we have our own spaces where it's not such a big deal because we're celebrating ourselves anyways, right? And so I give her kudos. And like I said, I didn't want to take away from the moment. I Kudos to this. I think it's great. She's worked very hard. She has some great roles. And to be honest, this is long overdue, but it should have just been a Oscar versus a honorary Oscar. And, um, but it is what it is, and at the ten and based on what's happening in Hollywood right now with black women, it seems like they get what they can, and so I'm not going to knock it. And I once again shout out to her, congratulations, and let's let's uplift in our own spaces, though. You know, let's be happy in our own spaces and our own awards, and stop being so excited when oh somebody got this and it's in a white space. Let's be honest. But either way it goes, I still say congratulations. Shout out. Because she's a great actress. No, 1,000%. And I agree with you, um, uh, probably everything you said. Um, she was great in the uh, What's Love Got to Do With It. She should have probably won an award for that. She was amazing. She was great in Malcolm X. She's been so great for so long. And so it's very well deserved. I guess my, and I, so I agree with you. I think my question would be is when they say like Oscar award winning, will they just say Oscar award winning or will they say honorary Oscar award winning? Because if they just say Oscar award winning, okay. Okay, that's number one. Second question I have is, will she get paid more money, right? Because apparently when you win these things, you get paid more money, right? If it's, um, <coughs> excuse me, if it's just something that they did to make themselves feel better, but there aren't benefits to her, then yeah, you know, whatever, right? But she seemed to be honored by it and I'm honored for her. She's an amazing mm-hmm. actress. I mean, and she's the bomb.com. She's been fine for a very long time. Her husband is very, very fortunate. Uh, and I'm sure she also sees him as a prize as well. But uh, we want to definitely see how I did that. Bring it back, Blue Circle. No, no disrespect, my brother. Black love. We love it. Um, but she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I was happy for her. And I was happy for um, the message, which we're going to get into now. But with that being said, before we play that, we want to thank y'all for tapping in with us on the first episode of the His and Hers edition of the BLC pod featuring your <laughs> true and the incomparable, the amazing S&M Jones in the building. <laughs> One time for episode one, y'all. Let's go. Okay, I'm done. Yes, and we're done. So let's leave with some beautiful words by the Oscar award winning Angela Bassett. I have had to let it sink in that I am the second black actress 
to receive an honorary Oscar. This trophy represents my contributions to this medium of film. All that I've given of my mind, body, and spirit as an actress who is a black woman. Do I go the route of saying a few words of gratitude for what this moment means to me? Or do I give voice to what I hope this moment should mean for generations of black actresses to come? I proudly share this honor with women who stand up when they are told to stand back, who speak up when they are silenced, who remain determined when they are told they are defeated. These women represent those that I've had the honor to portray, as well as the everyday women who surround us and inspire us to keep striving.